welcome to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. And today's episode is about playing nicely with others. I say this all the time that I can't control people, places, and things. And this is something that I've heard in my program, and it's just something that just rolls off my tongue all the time now because it really is the basis for a lot of decisions that I make in sobriety. I also mentioned yesterday that I can't control anything beyond my fingertips, and I I hear a few people in my morning meeting every morning that say that, and um, and it's true. I just love that that saying um, because it really puts into perspective that um, that I really can only control my reaction, my response to people. I've also talked previously about my intolerance for others, although embarrassing to say out loud, it's the truth. And um, in order to try to do something about it, I need to talk about it. Over the years, I've been judgmental of others. I've acted superior to others. I've been manipulative. I've been unkind. You name it. Like, I am um, absolutely imperfect. And in sobriety and in my career, I've slowly been learning, I'm a work in progress, that when I judge others, I'm actually judging myself against those other people. When I act superior to others, it's because I actually feel inferior. When I manipulate others, it is because I'm fearful of being hurt. When I'm unkind, it's because I'm unwilling to bend for another person. What I've also learned is that the more someone disrupts my peace of mind or just plain old pisses me off, I'm the greater the lesson that I'm going to learn. These people that upset us are our best teachers. This level of reflection on my relationships has taken me quite a few years, um, and it's just beginning to unfold for me. And it all started with using my my God box. So just the time that it takes for me to open a God box, open my God box, and grab a sticky note out of it and write someone's name on it and stick it in that in the my god box is the amount of time that i need to pause and so the god box is really enabling the pause and it's disrupting reactions you know it postpones a reaction that is elicited by my emotion. And by postponing that reaction, I'm not only saving a relationship probably, but also it allows me to reflect 
And this is where I have made room to practice the steps of my program. Um, and it, like, like I said, it all starts with just the God box, just picking up the God box. And that um, stalls the entire automatic reaction type process. So what I'm, what I'm able to do once I get to this point where I can be reflective uh, and I start bringing the steps into my uh, everyday life, I can think things like, what was, the, what was my role in the communication breakdown in this relationship, whatever happened? Or what can I learn from dealing with this person? So I was thinking um, today, I'm over the past week, I've been listening to this LinkedIn learning course on writing fiction, because you know, I'm always up to something. <laughs> and after every few videos, there is uh, a video that has like a writing prompt activity. And as I go through it, of course, I'm impatient. So I just listen to the educational videos and I skip the writing prompts um, just so that I can get through the course. It's like a five hour course. Um, but this is uh, what I was thinking about today when I was listening was the way that it introduces educational videos and then there is a writing prompt video. This is how I feel how people are inserted into my life. You know, like I, I continue to be introduced to literature, to meetings and people's shares um, in sobriety, suggestions for how to handle relationships, suggestions from my sponsor, you know, learning from how I see other people dealing with their relationships and sobriety. And then every so often I'm given what I, what I now call an opportunity <laughs> to put what I've learned into practice, which is pretty much I run across somebody that pisses me off, you know, and I'm prompted with that interaction. So the sooner that I can shift my mindset to interacting with this person willingly instead of interacting with them in a way that feels forced, I do, I'm not uh, gladly doing it. I mentioned the other day that the definition for willingness says gladly do something. And the sooner I can shift my mindset to being more willing to not judge or act superior or be unkind no matter what, the sooner I try to understand than to be understood, the sooner I can learn a lesson that is in front of me. And they all make me stronger, everything. You know, every person I run across that uh, that upsets me or makes me mad 
or um, gives makes me feel icky. <laughs> There's something to be learned there. And it took me forever to even begin to start seeing my interactions with people from that perspective. And, um, and like, you know, don't get me wrong, like, I have been fighting this process. I have disliked every minute of it. I remember going into my boss's office because really a lot of it happened at work. And I remember going into his office and just, I was always um, very honest and open with my boss. I think more so than maybe most people are, I'm not sure. But uh, all I know is what I told him. And I don't know that I have ever been that open and honest with anybody um, other than, you know, my family about um, things that piss me off. And, um, and and with his help also, um, you know, I, I remember going in there once and I was like, I, you know, I'm, I can't stay here if I have to work with this person, like it was that bad. And so later, you know, a few days later, he came up to me and after things had resolved themselves, he's like, don't ever let anybody um, make you walk away, you know, and, and that's so true, like, because it's all it means is that it, it was getting too hard for me you know, and, and that is, that is giving up is what it is. So, um, I've even gotten to the point where I have been so agitated with a coworker that I began journaling about how much they piss me off. It's terrible. It's terrible that that is a part of my personality, but that's, it's me. I mean, I hate to admit it, but it's me. I get really pissed off by, by people, places, and things. I'm sure I'm not the only one. And, um, and I have journaled about a coworker just for the simple, uh, reason of not wanting to go off on the person, you know, so instead I would journal. And I had pages upon pages of stuff, you know, and eventually, when I get in that situation where I'm journaling about somebody, um, in every, every time that I had resorted to journaling about somebody because it was so bothersome to me. I wasn't the only one that was bothered. I wasn't the only one that was dealing with that kind of frustration. And what journaling also helped me do was not go around talking shit about that person who was pissing me off. You know, not not allowing others frustration of the person when I finally found out, um, feed, you know, feed us like, uh, 
you know, just generating rumors or, or generating just, just talking negative about the person. Because after all, um, no matter how much somebody makes me mad, um, they're a human being, you know, they're a human being and everybody's sick in some way. And these are all things that I've learned through my sobriety program. And the reason why I think this is an important topic to recovery is because if I don't look at and try to manage my emotions and and my relationships with people, these things can lead me to uh, doing something unhealthy, whether it is um, going out and drinking or just not putting my my health and my well-being first because I just get frustrated and give up. So um, eventually, when I get to the other side of journaling or doing, you know, whatever techniques I have to to try to manage my emotions, I I typically come to the other side of all of that, having empathy and compassion, and it replaces all of the anger and frustration. I, I can't think of a time right now that I've run across somebody that has made me so aggravated that, uh, that I never changed that frustration over to empathy and compassion. I don't think that has ever happened. Some people it has taken longer than others, um, but eventually it does happen. And it's because I want it to happen. I want to, um, I want to get those negative feelings out of me. They're not serving me. They're not doing anything um, in favor of my recovery. So it, it does take a commitment to ridding myself of those icky feelings. And I need to keep myself and the other person that is upsetting me on the same playing field. Because as soon as I think I'm better than them... Um, then I feel entitled to treat them badly. And some people who know me well may hear me say sometimes, and I'm joking when I say this, but I'll say something like, well, he can't be as perfect as I am, or they're not perfect like us, or, well, she's obviously not as brilliant as me. Um, and I do, I do joke about that kind of thing. Uh, all the time, and and although I say it in jest, I know my character defects, and I know what lurks underneath all of those jokes, and um, and sometimes I just have to look at it, and that's what I'm doing today. So, I've also mentioned recently that my serenity is mine to keep or give away, and that nobody can take my serenity from me. This is a choice that I made a few years ago when I realized that my emotions and feelings are choices. 
when someone's upsetting me, I'm not going to let them rent space in my head. That's what I used to do. Um, I used to just, it was a thought loop. That's what I would call it. Just be consumed by how much I was pissed off. You know, I couldn't even, I, I would be done working and I would bring that person in my head to dinner. I'd bring them, you know, in to whatever I was doing in my private life, my frustration towards that person would continue to just take residence in my head. And, um, and today, I do my best to check them right into my God box, you know, like my God box is a hotel, and I check them right in, and they can hang out in there and stay long enough to decorate if they want to. As long as they're in there in my God box, I can manage my serenity and use my creative coping skills and replace reactions with thoughtful responses and spend time required to look inward and to grow. And growth can be big or small, you know, but there's always growth in all of my reactions. So I wanted to give a couple examples of <laughs> some interactions that I've had over the years with um, just some people that stood out to me where I either um, was very humbled or, um, or I was able to, over a long period of time, shift my frustration over to, um, to empathy and compassion. So there was a, a woman that I worked with who um, was really, really bright, really bright. And so we would meet once a week. Uh, her team and my team would meet once a week. And I just had this underlying frustration whenever we would meet. I would be, it was like I, I never opened the door to welcome any kinds of co kind of conversation. I was just very shut off. You know how they say if you are talking to somebody and they've got their arms crossed, they're just like, that body language is very shut off. It's like that. That's how I was. I was just constantly shut off. And over time, over months of the same meeting every week, I began being more and more rude to this woman. And, um, you know, what were my thoughts? I, I, thinking back, I feel like I was thinking that I didn't, that I needed to have control, that I was in charge. That's what I think I was thinking. Um, I was a manager. I had just become a manager. And I think I was feeling like I was being um, 
I was being, what's the word, like uh, questioned or it sounds terrible. I don't know how to say it without sounding terrible, but I guess I'll say it like, like my authority was being questioned. And for some reason, I felt like I needed to come across like I was an authority. It's, I mean, I'm embarrassed to even say it out loud. Anyway, this just kept happening, kept happening. Well, one day I went into the kitchen and uh, I was making some coffee and this woman came in and she just came right out and said, we need to talk. And she talked about it, it was amazing. It, I have idolized her ever since. The way that she came across was she didn't say you, you, you. She said all of her feelings and her thoughts that she has felt like we weren't, um, I don't know. I, I can't remember specifically the words that were used, but um, that we have been butting heads and, and that she felt as though blah, blah, blah. She never said the word you, ever. And it came across so lovingly and so professional that I, you know, I just took I, I was completely unarmed, you know, like I just felt my shields went down and I was able to at least tell her a little bit and kind of hopefully be apologetic. I just don't really remember the specifics of how I acted when um, when we had this talk, but um, it was really how I pictured um, these types of conversations should go. And it's how I try to help my kids now. Um, if they have some sort of relationship that they need to confront, I use my experience with this woman as the ideal way that you unarm somebody. Um, and to this day, um, we're friends. I still get messages from her on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, checking on me and seeing, seeing how I'm going. And I just idolize her now. She is a beautiful, strong, intellectual, just powerful woman. And, and I really, really respect her for the way that she handled me. You know, I was the difficult one. I was the one that had the problem. And I approached that relationship in the beginning, all wrong. It was my own character default, character defect, sorry, my own character defect. And this woman um, guided me on how to improve without me even knowing what was happening. It was really amazing. So 
Um, that is just one of the many interactions that I've had with people. There's another guy that I worked with who um, just seemed to always come across to me like he was questioning whether I remembered something, you know, like, uh, let's say we had an interaction and he would say to me, um, you know, you need to do X, Y, Z to correct the problem, we'll say. So then I talk to the, the guy the next week and I say, um, this didn't work. Uh, and he says, as I told you last week, you have to do X, Y, Z to fix the problem. And I would just start boiling because it was like, I, in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, I know you told me X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z didn't work, you know, and, and I just started to grow into having an, a resentment towards the sky. <laughs> and we worked together for years. And some days we got along great. And I really enjoyed working with him. And then other days, I would get this response from him that was like, um, like I told you last week, you know, and I was just like, Oh, he pisses me off. Anyway, um, let's say, I don't know, it might have been at the beginning of this year, even, we had an interaction where him and I were trying to solve a problem. And we were working together um, till midnight sometimes, hence the uh, head issues that I have broken myself. But anyway, um, we were online until like midnight and we're going back and forth and trying to fix this problem and everything and so we get on the phone this was for months we were doing this and so we get on the phone one day and him and I we we finally fixed the problem I, all of a sudden we fixed the problem we were sure we had already tried this fix and we don't know what happened, but we finally fixed the problem. Anyway, him and I are laughing and we're like, oh, thank God, you know, and everything. And, and he confided in me that he has a tendency to come across as an ass when he does this whole, um, yeah, as I told you last week or as I told you yesterday, like it comes across as, um, you know, to the receiver, it seems like he's questioning you, you know. Anyway, he confided in me that this is something that he does. And he confided in me that even his wife had mentioned to him that um, that it doesn't come across right. Anyway, I the, the door opened again um, for me. I was the one with the problem. And this person actually struggled with communication and confided in me that he has this issue where he comes across this way and he doesn't want to. Um, and again, it's just these are people 
that I have interacted with that I had a problem with and I was not the professional one to bring it up and talk about it. Um, And it's just, you know, I have several other examples, but I think that that's probably enough. Um, It's the perfect example of how there are ways to talk through these things. And still, I, I tend to not do it. You know, it's not my immediate, you know, auto reaction to want to confront somebody and talk about a problem that I'm having. Because it's because it's just that it's my problem. And I don't necessarily feel like I need to confront them and make them, you know, I I just, it's difficult. It's complex. It's relationships. That's what they are. Um, But in none of these situations or any of the other ones that I had written down, did these people have a problem? I had the problem. And in none of these cases were they bad people. Um, In none of these cases were there any, you know, were, was it any of their business what my problem was? But yet, clearly, over time, it became apparent to them that I had a problem because I just kept shutting down. And I can't tell you how many times I've done that to people. And I don't like that about myself. It's a character defect. And I do it, I think, now that I more and more have experienced this, I've been able to start looking inward and figure out why do I react that way? And to start what I think causes that reaction is that I'm intimidated. Um, I don't feel like I'm as smart as the other person. And the other person seems more like an obstacle to me rather than a peer, like they're standing in the way of me and success or something like that. But so in short, I was jealous. You know, I was jealous of them. And I ran across jealousy in the workplace so often, so often. And jealousy is like my kryptonite. And jealousy actually will undermine my success. You know, if I continue to to stuff these feelings of jealousy uh, for a coworker, and it it continues to become apparent to that person. Imagine if it was apparent to her. My first example: there were six, seven other people in that meeting, and they are all watching me behave that way. That's embarrassing. You know, 
And who are they going to then tell, oh, well, I was in a meeting with Rachel, and man, she was a bitch in there, you know? And that's going to get to the wrong person. It's going to undermine my success. Um, so what I have learned um, as a anecdote <laughs> for the kryptonite is to be the one that cheers the loudest for these other people. Be the one that cheers the loudest, no matter how hard it is. Just be the one that cheers the loudest because number one, it, this isn't just a show. I'm not saying cheer the loudest and people, start, you know, your bosses will recognize that you're, you know, <laughs> you're uh, cheering on your coworkers or anything like that. I'm saying this because it also changes what's going on on the inside of you. When you just, it, it's, a, it's another situation where you're acting as if. If we're cheering on somebody, we're, number one, we're looking for things that they're doing well that they should be proud of, you know? Two, we're putting the company first and looking for ways to encourage people as a team rather than, you know, breaking somebody down as an individual. And then three, um, it, it just shifts. It will begin to shift your relationship because that person is going to feel your support from them. And, and it starts to encourage more positive talk between you. And then finally, yeah, I mean, the cherry on top is that your boss and the other people around you are going to see you all interacting positively. You are an example that you're cheering on somebody rather than allowing, um, allowing them to break you down you break them down, and so on. So um, anyway, just a little bit about, uh, about handling relationships, mostly in the workplace. That just seems where, where I had always been challenged. But um, I mean, today, these days, I'm not interacting with a lot of people because I'm kind of stuck in the house. Um, but I know as I move forward, um, with this new, new, better version of Rachel that I'm working on in recovery, that I will start encountering more and more people, and, and I'll have to keep these things in mind. So thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.